Well, today is a very special day. It is Joel's very last day as our board president for the church. He has served for four years. We need a cup holder. We need a cup holder up here? Yeah. yeah I'll tell Pastor. We'll get one mounted right there for you. Uh, but uh, it's been a... I think we've been very blessed having your leadership and your skills uh, present and on the board for us. And I want to say from the congregation, thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. As Greg shared, I'm Joel Robinson. Today is my last day on the board. Woo! Yeah. Well, hopefully, Pastor, as you know, is Pastor's away. I am not Pastor. Um, hopefully, he's having enjoying his time in India. And actually, the real reason I'm here is I showed up and I saw the sign out front for open mic. Did anyone else see that sign out front for open mic? Yeah, did you? So I rushed up here and I thought I'd take advantage of it. No, actually, I've been preparing this for a while. And in fact, each time Pastor Valui asked me to do this, he had a completely different reason why he wanted me to speak. The first reason was, well, today's my last day as board chair. Maybe I could speak to some of the things I learned well on the board. Maybe I could point to you know, the state of the church, you know, that sort of thing. Or he really wants me to take over and participate more in the roles of the church. Maybe I could talk about my next steps. Maybe I could talk about what I want to do in the church next. And that could be, you know, kick off into the new year. But there's also this fast coming up. And I participate in the fast, and he does, and he really thinks it's a good thing. Maybe I could speak about the fast. And he said, you know, you could talk about many things. Of shoes and ships and sealing wax. Of cabbages and... Okay, maybe not that last one. But, um... Now, Pastor has this ability to weave all these disparate items into one thing. Have you ever noticed he's got a bunch of stuff on his mind, and he takes all these things, and he weaves the, these disparate items together, and he gives us a sermon? Yeah, I can't do that. So I picked one thing this morning. One thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have to admit, I have been fighting turning this into a stand-up routine. So if I stray off, I'll, I'll try to come back. Um, now, I've tried to pick the easiest one, what I thought was the easiest, the easiest topic to talk about, and that was fasting, which may seem kind of odd because most people associate fasting with, with discomfort, right? And who in their right mind would want to talk about discomfort for a half an hour? Well, one of the things I've learned in the times that I've fasted is, well, I may not be in my right mind. Um, and also, in the famous words of Cosmo Kramer, I like depriving myself of things. It's fun. It's very monastic. It's... Okay, that one didn't go over so well. I apologize. <laughs> Fasting is sort of... Uh, we'll talk about this and expand on this, but it, I sort of think of it as type 2 fun. Type 1 fun is the fun that you have while you're doing it, and when you look back on it, it's still fun. And type 2 fun is the, ty- the fun where you go through it, and it's not really a lot of fun. But when you look, at, look back on it, you realize it was a really great experience, and it was fun, and it was really beneficial to you. Well, that's fasting. Fasting is type 2 fun. But why, why use January to fast? Why, why use this time to set aside for God? When we do New Year's resolutions, why do we need to fast to be able to seek out what God wants us to do? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question, because fasting is really important. 
Um, and fasting is important because it's about spending time with God. It's not about what we get out of it. It's about uh, dedicating time to seek God. As Greg was talking about, setting stuff aside, seeking God, dedicating that time. And it's more than just a quiet time in a day. It's more than just praying before you go to sleep. It's more than just making sure you make it to the worship service on Sunday morning. Um, this is about sacrificing something important in your life to show God that he is more important to you than that thing. It doesn't matter what you give up. As Greg said, it could be your phone. Um, it could be caffeine. It could be candy. It could be no watching sports or TV. Um, I'm going to participate and go on the, the Daniel fast. So that's basically a vegan diet, no sweets, no refined grains, no caffeine, and no alcohol. For Well, I'm going to start on the second, but for the month of January. Yeah, well, there's a few things that slide. Um, fasting is also important. Fasting is also important um, because it's more than just going hungry. Fasting is using every hunger pain, every feeling of fatigue, every desire to want that item that you have set aside, um, every caffeine withdrawal headache to call out to God for his strength. Giving up something important to us in this world, giving up something of this world that's important to us, demonstrates that we are serious about our relationship with God. Fasting is also important because there are some things that can only happen when we fast. Jesus said this outright in Mark chapter 9. He returns from, from the top of the mountain with a couple of the disciples to discover the rest of his disciples trying to expel an evil spirit. A father had brought a son, and they were arguing with some of the, uh, the rulers and uh, some of the Pharisees and stuff, and they were trying to drive out this evil spirit, and they, they couldn't. So Jesus walks into the fray, um, sees what's going on, and drives out, drives out the evil spirit, and a little bit later, the, the disciples walk up to him and say, well, why, why could we not do that? And Jesus' response is, um, this can come out only with fasting and prayer. The disciples needed to fast, pray, and seek God in an earnest way before they were going to see anything happen, before they were going to see that type of evil, evil spirit be driven out. Now, I've also heard, I also, in a few few days ago, I heard this wonderful story about a mother that went into a grocery store with her two boys. Um, it was about Halloween time, and she was in there to get supplies, candy, glow sticks, that sort of thing. And her younger son really wanted one of the glow sticks. Wanted one of the glow sticks right then and there, and it was called, when this happens, scenes incur. So the mother decided it's just a glow stick. She opened up the package, gave a glow stick to her younger child. And of course, everything calmed down. He was, he was happy right away. It wasn't but 30 seconds later, the older brother snatched the, gold, the glow stick away from the younger boy. Now, things erupted. That, that didn't go so well. So the mother turned back around irate. But before she could scold her older son, he, she saw him break the glow stick start the chemical reaction, and hand the glow stick back to the younger son. And of course, this made him even happier than he ever was before, because now it was glowing. There are times in our life, there are times in our life when we need to set aside something of this world to glorify God, and that's going to be discomforting. 
We're not going to be comfortable. And in some cases, we're going to be broken when that happens. But this struggle is when God will come by you, support you, and make you stronger through that discomfort. God wants you to attain your full potential. And there are times that we need to go through periods of discomfort for you to be able to get to that next level where God wants you to be. But we don't like discomfort. Discomfort is not something... It's Americans. We don't like discomfort. We, we like everything that's comfortable. We like overstuffed couches. We like fast food restaurants. We like to take the escalator instead of the stairs. We like pillow-top mattresses. We like pew chairs instead of wooden benches, right? Amen. I mean, we... But, but we shouldn't, we can't live our whole life in comfort. Just like, just like the workout motto, no pain, no gain, discomfort can be a catalyst for growth. We need to exercise. We need to stretch those spiritual muscles so that God can come back in and build them back stronger. Allowing God to work through those periods will make your faith stronger. I mean, just look at Hebrews chapter 11. That provides this really long list of the hall of faith, the, the great people of the Bible that, that live through tough times. Did they have great lives? No, they were tortured. They were beaten. They, they were killed. They lived poor, mistreated lives. But God made them stronger because of those things. Not in spite of it, but because of those things, God made them stronger, and that's why they were able to get to where they were. So here's another example, kind of flipped around from the, from the other side. This is uh, Esau, Genesis chapter 25. Esau has been out hunting all day long, and he has returned, and he's hungry. He hasn't caught anything. He's got nothing, but he's hungry, and he wants something to eat. So he walks up to his brother Jacob and he says, give me something to eat. And of course, Jacob's been in the tent all day. From Esau's perspective, probably doing absolutely nothing all day long. So what else does he have to do but make me food? And so Esau demands food from, from Jacob. And Jacob says, well, wait a second. I'll give you a bowl of soup, but I want your birthright. So right at this moment, Esau has to decide, do I put up with this short-time, short-term discomfort, which I'm sure he wasn't starving. He wasn't, it was, this was not death. Uh, I'm sure this wasn't the only food that could be found. It was going to be a short-time discomfort. Did he want to put up with a short-time discomfort or give up the long-term benefits of his birthright, the, the prestige that comes along from receiving it from his father, the, the wealth, the land, um, the name, being able to control the family. I mean, did he want to give up that long-term benefit for short-term discomfort? Now, whenever I think about denying myself something, whenever I think about hold, needing to hold back and give up something in the short term to receive something in the long term, all I can ever think about is the marshmallow experiment. Are you guys familiar with the marshmallow experiment? If you're not, this video is a perfect example of what the marshmallow experiment is all about.
Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. So I'm going to leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? <laughs> okay. How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you to give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need him. Ah, <laughs> uh, the mar the marshmallow experiment. Uh, so the kids needed to hold off. They had 15 minutes. They had to sit there and stare at that marshmallow. If they did it, I know that's rough. 15 minutes stare at that marshmallow. But if they did it, they received two. Now. I'll let you know, only about a third of the kids that have done this over the years typically are able to hold off and not eat the marshmallow. So it's about a third. But if they do, being able to, to hold off and not, not go into the instant gratification correlates quite well with better college scores, better SAT scores, higher quality of life. There are a lot of benefits to going through that short-term discomfort so that we can have future gains. What are we missing out on by avoiding discomfort? Okay, that's all sort of the theory behind fasting. The discomfort, the future benefits, God blessing us, that's all. But you know what? We can also look at it and say, it works. It does work. Um, biblical leaders fasted to bring clarity, confidence, and commitment to what God was asking for them. For example, Moses fasted and prayed in uh, Exodus 34 before receiving the law. In Matthew 2, Matthew chapter 4, verse 2, Jesus fasted for 40 days before he started his ministry and before he was tempted by, by Satan. In Acts chapter 13, Paul fasted and the early church fasted before they, they sent him off on his first mission trip. Daniel fasted for God's help and to make sure that he was staying right with God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat fasted before preparing for battle. Before going to battle, he denied his body food and his soldiers food before they went into battle. And then there's Nehemiah. Nehemiah 
was the cupbearer for the Persian king Artaxerxes. At this time, the Israelites were under control of the Persian or Babylonian Empire. And Ezra had already been dispatched by Artaxerxes back to govern the people that had been returned to Jerusalem, back to Judea. But Nehemiah had heard that the city walls were still in ruin, the gates were burned, the city was, was not being rebuilt. And this broke his heart. And he began to mourn fast and seek God for help in restoring Jerusalem. Now, being the cupbearer to Nehemiah gave uh, Nehemiah extreme access to the king and a lot of time with him. And because of his role of, of course, making sure that the wine wasn't poisoned, uh, the king felt felt he was very trustworthy. So this gave him the king's ear. But... Why? I mean, if, if Nehemiah goes up and asks for, for help, why would the king of Persia want to help Nehemiah in this situation when, well, the, the Persians had come in and purposely removed everyone from Israel so that there wouldn't be unrest and there wouldn't be uprising? Why would the king turn back around and provide support to, these, to this country, to these people, just the opposite of what he was trying to do to keep the unrest down? But Nehemiah fasted and prayed. So while serving the wine, the king noticed something about Nehemiah. Noticed that he was not himself, that he was sad, that he was not up to what he was normally doing. And of course, this was all prompted by God. God prompted the king to then say, Nehemiah, what's, what's going on? And Nehemiah lays out his heart and lays out how he is saddened at the state of his, his town, his, his country, Sadden at what's going on with, with in Jerusalem, and that he wants to rebuild the town. He wants to make sure the city gates are up. He wants to make sure the walls are up so that his country, his town, is safe. Now Artaxerxes listened to Nehemiah, and with his heart opened by God, asked Nehemiah what he needed, and then gave Nehemiah everything he needed to go back and do this. Nehemiah asked God for favor in this situation and denied his stomach for the purpose of showing his desire and need for God's help is greater than his need for food. What he wanted to do, what he wanted to do for God and with God was more important than his short-term hunger discomfort. Now, remember Mark chapter chapter 9? Some things only are a possibility when you seek God by fasting and prayer. Nehemiah's actions allowed him to travel back to Jerusalem, rebuild the city, and begin to, build, begin to bring the people back to a right relationship with God. Now, those are some examples from the Bible, but it also works right here at home. This is the, the third year that we'll be going into the fast, and there have been some things in Santa Clara First Baptist Church that have come out of our fasting and our dedication to this. Um, the one thing I'll point to this morning is I, I hope Silicon Valley. The the whole vision happened. We, that came up where the board was struggling with it. Uh, the pastor presented us with something, and he came up with that. That was brought to him as he was coming out of the fast. This was something that because our church was coming together, because he was coming together fasting and praying about these things, the vision and that wonderful event that we were able to have and all those lives that we were able to touch because of that event happened because people came together, they set aside short-term 
gain for long-term benefit. So my challenge to you this morning, but because, of course, you can't leave here without a challenge, right? My challenge to you this morning is to start a fast. This is what the church is entering into. I'm challenging guys all to start a fast. Now, I realize that this may be the first time you're thinking about it or the first time you've heard about it, so I'll give you a week reprieve. You don't have to kick it off tomorrow, but next Sunday. Look at starting it next Sunday. I'll give you a week to get all your stuff together. Now, of course, the church, the church wants to do it for the whole month. Now, but there are lots of ways of doing it. There are lots of different things that you can give up. Um, you could do it for a single day. You can go, you can, whatever you're going to give up, whether it's your phone or food or TV or sports or candy or Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, whatever it is that you've decided that you're going to give up, you can do it for a day or one day this month, or maybe you'll do it for one day each week of the month, or maybe you'll do it from sunrise to sunset because you could go without food from sunrise to sunset. I would suggest that if you are going to fast from food, that you don't do it for the whole month of January. Just, just a tip. Don't go without any food for the whole month. That, that's never going to go, that's never going to go well. Um, or you could try the Daniel fast, like, like a number of us are doing. Uh, but whatever length of time, whatever you decide to do, whatever you decide to give up, seek God with that time. Now, I don't want to send you away completely unprepared. So there are a couple different things that our church is doing, and I'm going to give you another resource to be able to, to, to use to be able to help you through this. Now, as Greg shared, the church is going to be sending out a, a daily prayer topic. So you can use that as a guide to help you pray for that day. Also, you can use it as a reminder, oh, yeah, that's right, I'm doing this thing today, uh, which, is, which is always helpful. So that's, that's one resource that you can use. If you haven't signed up for that, if you're not on the email list, as Greg said, please talk to him or Jerry or find me, and I'll connect you up um, with somebody. I don't have access to things, but I can point you in the right direction. Um, the other resource, if you are thinking about doing something bigger, something bigger like the Daniel Fast, um, in preparation for this, I read through a wonderful, re- a run- wonderful devotional put together by the James River Church. And you can find this online. Uh, you can also find it through uh, Version. It's called the 21-Day Daniel Fast. And not only does it provide a devotional for each day that help guide you through about fast-related topics, there's also uh, ideas for food and uh, dishes and how to keep yourself going and how to stay healthy as you enter into 21 days of this limited um, food items. Uh, and I, I was really inspired by it. It was, it was that, that really... That really helped me. And the, the last thing, the last thing I'll share with you today is that if you are going to go on this adventure, if you do choose this adventure, do it with purpose. Take a piece of paper, um, sit down at your computer, sit down with your phone, wherever you like to take notes. Write your prayer request down. Figure out what it is that you want to pray about this month. Now, that might be in addition to the daily prayer guides. That might be in addition to some of your other prayer devotionals. But what is it that you are seeking for in this season? Um, We set these New Year's resolutions. Maybe you don't set your New Year's resolution until February because you're going to seek what God wants to do in your life for this month. Now, you can pray for lots of different things. 
It doesn't have to be earth-shattering, like, where am I going on my next missions trip? Or, should I sell all my worldly possessions and walk across the country handing out Bibles? It could. That could be what God is calling you to do. You could be praying for that. But it could be as simple as the one that I'm doing. My prayer for this month is, my time on the board is done. What are my next steps? I know pastor has plans for me, but I don't know if those are the same as God. (laughs) So I'm going to use this month, and I'm going to pray about what does God have, have next for me. Or you could just use the church's theme. Now, a pastor has sent out a few email about this, and three words that have come to him are resurgence, rest, and renewal. You can just take those three words and pray about those three words and what do those three words mean for you heading into 2018. But whatever it is, God wants to bless you. God wants to use this experience to bless you, but he can't do that unless you participate. Thank you. So let's close in a word of prayer. The band can come up. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, all the blessings that you have rained down on us in 2017. And as we prepare for 2018, I pray that we can use this time of reflection, that we can use this time of, of fasting, of denying something of this world that we really like but don't need use this discomfort to seek you and to grow a little bit closer to what you desire for our lives. Amen.